0: Follow the Black College Sports Network on social media at MyBCSN1, the number one. On Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at MyBCSN1. But I'm stay on hard. Good evening. Welcome to another live edition of the BCSN Sports Wrap. Brian Fulford here, and joining me as always, or on most Sunday evenings, is my good friend, A.D. Drew, uh, not only of the BCSN, but of D2Football.com, the uh, writer covering the SIACB. Drew, how are we doing, my man?
1: Man, I. I- I'm kind of thrilled because last week it took four of y'all to replace me, four people to replace me on the uh, show last week. I mean, <laughs> shout, shout out to Kelvin, uh, to Kelvin Rosier, Kelvin Carter, Doctor Cavill, and Jamie for stretching my seat but keeping it warm while I was doing some swack volleyball last week.
0: Yeah, apparently, you know, no one wants to just listen to me talk by myself up here for two hours. <laughs> so they were like, "You got to get some guests." And so I, I called any and everybody that I could think of. You know, a few and
1: everybody responded.
0: <laughs> yeah, you know, you know, hell, a few people, a few people ignored me, and you know, a few people didn't. But I appreciate the ones who did and were able to. So we worked it out, though. But uh, it was a good show being able to. To recaps weekend. So we'll get into recapping what I think was an exciting weekend of college football. I think this might have been the first big weekend of the season. I mean, we had top five matchups, top 10 matchups, top 25 matchups. Not only, uh, I think Division Two, or what we call the non D1, took center stage a little bit over the Division One side. But we still had some exciting contests, a lot to talk about, as you know we've we've started hitting the last quarter of the season for the non d one level you know their their seasons they're winding up into their final three or four weeks before they get into playoff mode, and then we're gonna get into talking a little bit about some what do we call it the mid season report, as we like to call it for the uh division one level drew yes. Yeah, so we, we call it the, the mid-season report for Division One. We'll, we'll, we'll do what we usually do. We'll break down the top matchups from, from not only uh, our top five, from the BCSN top five, but also we'll take a look at the HBCU Pro Sports Media top ten poll. And we'll also uh, – actually, we'll have week number four of the uh, BCSN top five. Hopefully you saw it during the course of the week, uh, obviously, you know, with, without Drew, who helps aggregate that stuff for us, we weren't able to do it live on the show, but, uh, it it worked out all the same as it, as it came out during the week. Uh, I want to remind everybody who's watching us, not only on Facebook and on YouTube, first off hit the thumbs up button, make sure you are subscribed to that particular channel, especially if it's the YouTube channel. And if you're on Facebook, please make sure you're following us, whether you're watching us on the uh, BCSN Sports Rap page or the uh, Black College Sports Network page. We are part of the Black College Sports Network. Six years running for this beautiful show that AD and I do, and we hope that you're following us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at MyBCSN1. That's the number one. And uh, also, go download the Jericho Broadcast Networks app. You can find it, as it says right there in the upper right corner. Just search MyJBN and my BCSN on the Google Play Store and the Apple App Store. So, Drew, uh, as we start week number seven, hard to think. Yeah, this is week number seven finishing up. I figured we, we got to start with the game that we were both at. You know, it was uh, we got to start with those homecoming killers. I can't think of any better way or any other name uh, that and maybe just calling them unbeaten one and oh. I'm talking about <laughs> the, Benedict, the Benedict College Tigers, Coach Chennis Berry, who really now this is his second full season that that puts him at right now 7 and 0 season 5 and 5 last year 7 and 0 12 and 5 overall but uh you know his thing is 1 and 0 i mean he really does live and preach that 1 and 0 and so there's no more important game than the game that uh, is the right in front game. of them the next game the game that they're at and so they traveled uh what was it about five yards from Columbia five hours from Columbia Five Yards? West. Yeah,
1: five yards. <laughs> well,
0: one yard equals an hour. One yard equals an hour, right? Yeah, it was about five hours <laughs> yeah, a five hour drive. Yeah, five hour drive from Columbia over to Albany. And of course it was homecoming for Albany State. Uh looked like some great festivities. Uh I drove up from Orlando. You're not too far from from that area. And uh we had a top look, our our number two and number three. Team right in the BCSN top five heading into the week. You also had number two and number three in the A&E Pro Sports Media mid-major poll. Uh, I think they were number two and three in Dr. Cavill's poll. Right, pretty much consensus across the board. And a lot of the people who separate the the two polls uh, between your FCS schools and the non-FCS these were two and three. This was a top five matchup and yes. and it lived up to it I, it did i think it lived up to it and I, i'll be honest i was i was surprised i did look let's okay set the table albany state come to their third, ranked 13th and the 14th in the nation something like that benedict was 24th i think 23rd so you had a top 25 matchup albany state's been in this position before drew so we kind of came in with a certain expectation what we hadn't seen we hadn't seen Benedict at, at at this, in this moment. You know what I'm saying? I mean, we saw them take on a good lane team. Yes. We saw them take on a good Fort Valley State team. And they handled those two opponents. But this was Albany State, right? And I thought their opening drive to go down and score was a, I'm talking a punch to the mouth. What's that phrase that Mike Tyson used to say uh about opponents to the ring with Everybody's him. got a
1: plan until they get to they get hit.
0: I and think that, all of these was, they had a plan. All these things,
1: they they had
0: a plan and Eric Phoenix came out the quarterback and he played I mean, if he's not the S I C player of the week, I mean and look, and there's some guys who had some ridiculous numbers this week, and we'll talk about that a little bit later. But if Eric Phoenix is not the offensive player of the week, then I don't know who's voting, because he came out on the first drive, pew 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 pew, just throwing it all over the place. Punched Albany, State in the mouth. Uh, second drive, punched him. I mean, yeah, he was, went like, what was he? What was he? Ninth. But ninth the second ninth drive ninth? was a.
1: The second drive was a it was a three and out. But the third drive is when he punched him back in the mouth again. Uh, he start, you, I believe he started eleven for eleven. If I remember yeah,
0: 11-11 to start the game. Let, let's start with the opening stanza. <laughs> how do you? What are your thoughts on just the opening stanza of the contest? I mean, it was,
1: for lack of a better word, it was like we came to play, and when you're the road team, you know you've got to get up early to take the crowd out of the game, especially a packed crowd that you had at the ASU Coliseum, over 10,000 in attendance for homecoming. They had to come in and establish it early, and despite ten thousand fans being there, probably nine thousand of them or ninety five hundred of them, Albany State going around lovers, it was quiet in that stadium after their first drive. And you heard people like, "What the hell just happened to us?" Because uh, uh, let's break it down even further, Brian. That is that was the first defensive touchdown that Albany State had given up in conference play because the other touchdown that you saw on the scoreboard was a pick six that was ran back against them. So the first defensive touchdown, people were like in shock and all. And you weren't there quite as early as I was, but as I was walking around the stadium uh, a couple hours before the game, people were talking about, Man, I be seeing y'all on, on, on TV, and I be seeing y'all on YouTube, man. How y'all pick against Albany State? How, I, I don't believe y'all picked Benedict to win this game. I, I actually, I, sir, I didn't pick anybody to win this game. I just laid <laughs> out the numbers and the facts, and, and I had to correct them. But but it was nice to see that uh, people, fans of Albany State, not only recognize me for some of the stuff that I do, because Albany State is the closest HBCU geographically. to G- geographically yeah uh, getting tongue tied now geographically to where I live so I do some uh, things over there when 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 called but the fact that they also recognize me off of the sports rep
0: yeah for sure uh, shout out to uh everybody over there at uh, Albany State who uh who, who watches the show recognize what we do of course we were both at Benedict college the weekend before and um so yeah I, I think that you know the opening quarter was i i think it was let me see if i can find the drive chart uh, because when i look at the drive chart the opening drive and, and when i talk about punching someone in the mouth in the opening drive benedict ran a 16 play drive 85 yards scored a touchdown then albany state Three plays, punt, you're out. Next possession, Benedict goes 10 plays, 89 yards, and scores a touchdown. I mean, literally, Benedict 13 minutes and 22 seconds of the first quarter. So you you said it right there. The crowd, honestly, I, I don't feel like the Albany State crowd got into the contest until the third quarter. Uh, you know, and I mean, but essentially, Benedict had taken away What little bit of home field advantage there was, Um, they forced – Albany. I mean, Albany State drew head uh, until late in that quarter. Their first possessions went punt, punt. punt. Uh, Now, Albany State got into a situation where their best drive came on their third drive in the second quarter where they started on their own 20-yard line, went 12 plays, 67 yards and they were forced to put actually they were forced to to go for it on fourth down and and one of the things that you called and you pointed out in the uh in your article was neither team had the most reliable field goal kicker and you know that that hurt albany state because that was a point where you're down 14-0 you need,
1: you need to get you need to put some points on the board
0: Something, something. And they were unable to convert where they were. Um and, and Brian, you know I need
1: you I need you to break that down a little bit further and so that those who did not watch the game on HBCU League Pass and the Black College Sports Network realize that was fourth down and it was fourth and three or fourth and two. I think it was fourth from and two the, maybe from the thirteen yard line. That yes. is a chip shot. Thirty yard field goal. A collegiate yeah, 13 kicker.
0: 720. Yeah, that's a That's a 30 yard 30, field
1: goal. A collegiate kicker should be able to hit should a thirty able, to thirty one yard field goal from straight away, Brian. It wasn't like they were it wasn't like the ball was on the hash. The ball it, the ball was right. in the center of the field. So for yeah. uh now I don't know if it was lack of confidence in the kicker, overconfidence in the offense or the fact that we're down two scores in a game that may not have too many opportunities for scores that led to that decision. But all of us who were up in the press box all the decision before they even did not convert it. When, when they sent the offense back on the field on fourth down, we all questioned the, uh, the decision right there to, uh, it, it, and it, it, let's, it let's, actually, let's think about go back go back into it. August State also gave about four points. That's three points right there, and they missed the PAT later on in the fourth quarter.
0: Later on, those right. four points are the
1: difference in the game.
0: Right. Um, I was trying to I was trying to look back here and recall for a brief moment. Um, what it was that set up that play. Because, I, I mean, we talk about that time of possession and the reason that 12-play drive, yeah, they missed that field goal, Drew, or it actually didn't take the field goal attempt and ended up turning over on downs. Their defense actually had enough time to rest because yes. I think... Had that, that was team, the turning point of the game. Had, that was a turning point of the game. That was the first turning point of the game back towards Albany State's favor as they were able to sort of rest The defense, the defense got a three and out, uh, forced a, uh, forced a punt. Um, I believe the punt was actually more of a shank. It was actually only a 10 yard punt. Yeah. By Jared Eubanks, who was, uh, you know, ironically, he was the SIC player, special teams player of the week, the week before, right. From last week. (laughs) So he only punts a 10 yard punt. So now Benedict starts with or Albany state starts with the ball on the 25 yard line, four plays later. Um, a couple of runs by uh, Deontay Bono, then Cam Cameron Ward had a run, and then he punched in an eight-yard touchdown. That was that was a turning point in the ball game, right? But yeah, what did Benedict do? Benedict turned right around, and on on the first play, I believe, was the big run where Benedict started on their own eleven-yard line. Uh, Zaire Scotland who I think he had over 100 yards in a day. His, his biggest run, I think, came on this first play, first and 10 on their own 11. He breaks like a 29-yard run, gets it out to the fee, And this is all happening with about a minute 20, a minute 15 to play. So here you go. Here's uh, Phoenix, uh, uh, Eric Phoenix, the quarterback for Benedict. Tempo, tempo. And they end up pushing the ball all the way down to about the two-yard line, Drew. Okay, second biggest moment of the ball game, I thought, was Albany State's ability to force a field goal when really Benedict probably could have punched in another touchdown and had they punched in another touchdown, I-, I think they would have sapped all life out of Albany State, but it was actually a win that they forced a field goal.
1: Well, Brian, let's back, back it up. After the defense had the chance to rest early in the second quarter, Albany State outscored scored Benedict for the remainder of the game twenty to ten. So that's how important that long drive, despite the fact that they came away with no points, was because that made it a competitive ball game. And Brian, I got I got talked about Inter Dr. a lot on this one. <laughs> the Benedict Bad of Distinction won the half time two, everybody.
0: Ooh. Yeah, they that that is a good sounding band. I, I think they did win uh, the halftime a little bit. I I was paying attention and watching. Um, I know they I know they uh, sounded real good in terms of in the stands. So might um, have even won the fifth quarter too. From I
1: think I they, they, I they did win the fifth quarter from, from, from as much of it as I was able to watch. Right, there and, was no zero um, quarter though.
0: Yeah, um, we we talked. We talked about this game. Uh, Let's see. Albany State did have the ball to start the second half. The big play that actually woke everybody up happened with 12th, probably right about the first couple of minutes of the ball game, where Deontay Bono and Rashad Jordan hooked up for a 93-yard play. Uh, It was a a quick little pass into the flat near the sideline. And Jordan made just one guy miss, and then he was running up the sideline, um, outran two guys, I believe. He was gone. And that was the first moment that Alabama State's, uh, Albany State's crowd got into the contest, wouldn't you say, Correct.
1: at that point? Yes. Yeah. Yes, that was the loudest that you heard of the stadium all day.
0: It was. It was. So you had a three-point ball game at that point in time. Um, a little bit later, Benedict came down again in the third quarter. Benedict pushed it. I th- I think those moments, and this is what you talk about, a championship mindset and why Benedict is really going to be an interesting team to pay attention down the stretch and in the SIC championship, assuming things continue. They control their own destiny at this point, And even potentially playoffs, they, they're solid. They, they really are a solid team. I mean, they they, they average probably 30-something, 35 a game. Uh, defensively, I think they are number three in the nation in terms of scoring defense, only allowing 10 points per game. They're number five in total defensive yards, allowing just 227. I know that's in the nation. Number three in scoring in the nation, number five in total defense. And, and, and Benedict – I mean, look, Drew. Uh, they just can depress. Uh I'm, I'm, I'm a believer. I, not that I wasn't, but I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm sure enough a believer now. Yeah.
1: Benedict has one Achilles heel, and it's their kicking game. That's both punting and field goal. That you still, you still own that. Yes, yes, that would be the difference. They, they, their punting was atrocious this past Saturday which allowed (laughs) Albany State to get back. Yes, go back and look at it. I'm going to look at the stats, Uh, That Think about it. The shank punt allowed Albany State to get back into the game. There was another punt, I believe, there was another short punt when Albany State took the ball around midfield and was able to score another one of the touchdowns. That was the difference. The field goal that they hit was essentially a PAT. And we were up in the booth, if you remember. We were all wondering if that went wide right. Cause it was wide right from, from our yeah, angle, but the, but the, but the referees put the hands up, so we, we're gonna trust the referees' uh, judgment on that. But that honestly, that is the only weakness that I see with this Benedict team. I thought Albany State; they, it kept Albany State around. So my question is: if when they get to the playoffs, will that be what ultimately can cost them? A serious run at an NCAA championship, because other than that, I believe they have every piece in place to make a deep playoff run.
0: Hey, uh, one of the you know, I was taking a look at the the punting stats. Eubanks five punts, averaging twenty eight point six. I, I get what you're saying. That's we, an we, that's an average. We <laughs> saw him. Yeah. Well. He, yeah. He, we
1: We've seen him. him is he the boom or bust? We've seen yes, we okay. seen him at his I best,
0: mean, we saw him and, and, and I have seen him.
1: I've seen you banks three games. Okay. I've seen one game of him at his best. I've seen two games of him at not his best. Oh.
0: Names to keep in mind here uh, for Benedict. Keep the name uh, Lubert Danellis. Keep that name in mind. Ten total tackles, three tackles for loss in that contest. Added another sack. So, I'm, I'm sure he's increased his lead now into double digits in terms of sacks on the season. Uh, he's making a strong run for SIAC defensive player of the year. And uh, how about the fact, Drew, one final note here before we move over to the other big matchup in uh, the non D1? Eric Phoenix, 22 of 28, 253 yards. That's passing, one touchdown, one INT. <laughs> Thirty, uh, no, fifteen net yards. He took twenty-one yards loss, but he had eight carries, one touchdown, so two total touchdowns. They have another quarterback, and we have seen them run both quarterbacks. And it's believed that John Lampley is the better passer of the two. Uh, Not yesterday. Hey, look if if that's the Eric Phoenix that you're going to get, woo! Watch out. That's all I'm gonna tell you because they didn't have to go yeah. to the to the extra to, to uh the Lampley uh to the to uh the John Lampley uh, quarterback two, so to speak you know what i'm saying they just yeah. did it with what they had so real impressive win uh, uncharted territory benedict 7 and 0 for the first time in school history what's ahead for benedict drew uh
1: believe they've I mean, got I mean, more this weekend they they travel to more for homecoming this Let's let that not be a trap game. You know, Benedict has it's been good at scoring. More houses. Oh, my so, gosh. Benedict <laughs> has been good at messing up uh, people's homecoming. So, 2-0 so far. Let's make sure that uh, that they handle what they're supposed to handle, going to 3-0 on homecoming. Then they come home for homecoming on the 29th, and I believe that will be against Clark Atlanta. So. That would that would have been what four homecomings in five weeks for Benedict. If I have are my numbers counting, correct, are you
0: counting their own? You're counting their own.
1: Yes, count their own. There would be four homecomings in five weeks,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and then they have the cross the cross the street rival. It's not even across town rival. It's a cross the street rival when they play Allen for the last game of the season. So it's all about Benedict's moves. Look, Benedict is up two games with one to go. Albany State and Fort Valley still have to play each other. So one of those teams will eliminate the other one from contention, just the fact that those two still have a head-to-head matchup. But all is not lost here in the state of Georgia, because because both Albany State and Fort Valley should be ranked or just outside of the top seven, which you need to get into the playoffs when the rankings come out after next weekend, assuming that both teams win, which will mean the Fountain City Classic on November 5th may determine if the SIAC is able to get a second team into the, the, the D2 playoffs. And there's a very realistic shot for the SIAC to get the second team in, but I'm going to say it's, uh, Commissioner Holloman Uh Commissioner, uh, uh, why, why am I drawing a blank? CIAA Commissioner. Williams. Yeah, Commissioner Williams. Uh, you all need to figure out somehow the Friday night before the CIAA championship game and the SIAC championship game, the winner of the Fountain City Classic needs to play potentially Bowie State. If Bowie State does not uh, come back, uh, in a game that could help either one of these two teams get into the playoffs. Okay, that's what's uh, both the commissioners.
0: <laughs> pro pro tip from uh, AD Drew here. Uh, let's uh, hey, real quick before before we go to break, let's make sure we we set again. Uh, Albany State has Savannah State. They travel to Savannah State. Next week. And then, of course, they host Morehouse. And then, of course, is that Fountain City uh, Classic against Fort Valley State. Uh, Fort Valley State Columbus, a, Georgia. Uh, yeah, Columbus, Georgia. Fort Valley State got a 56 28 win over Morehouse. So they continue to win. And as you said, we've got uh, Benedict unbeaten. You've got Fort Valley with a loss. Albany State with a loss. Uh, in terms of not only just in Division Two, but also in the standings. So it'll be interesting to see how and if everything comes to fruition like, uh, like you expected. But more importantly, some nobody can stumble. I mean, Albany State's season is not over. I know there was a lot of disappointed people, but the season is not over. And I think they have to keep that in mind. And I know Coach Gabe Gardinia is going to, uh, to to keep that in in focus and perspective uh, for them because all as good as Albany who does Fort Valley have? I
1: was going Fort Valley have no, I know they've got uh, go ahead, the next two weeks.
0: Well, I was gonna say, Clark, they, they've got Clark and then uh, Savannah State. So, Savannah State okay. is now that team that could play uh, a key Spoiler. role in what happens because uh, Savannah State actually hosts Albany State and Fort Valley State. So Savannah State is now in play to be a bit of a spoiler in the next two weeks. Yeah, so that'll be interesting. Let's take a break. Uh, When we come back from the break, the number one team had to travel and do something that has not been done in a long time up in Maryland. We'll talk about that contest, and they needed some extra time to do it. We'll talk about that game in the CIAA and more on the other side of the break. You're watching the BCSN Sports Wrap. We'll be back in just a moment. This is the BCSN Pod Zone, your place for the news, views, and conversations about all things related to HBCU athletics. Here the BCSN Sports Wrap, Dr. Cavill's Inside the HBCU Sports Lab, Knights of the Roundtable, The Pre-Game Show, The Carlos Brown Show, The ONG, Strike Zone, and more in one place. We are changing the way you consume HBCU Sports, one broadcast at a time.
1: Maureen is saving big holiday shopping at Amazon. So now she's free to become Maureen the Merrier. Food is her love language. And she really loves her grandson. Like, really loves. Nope. Nope. Want him? Ooh, I like him. (laughs) Quick, the quicker picker-upper. Bounty picks up messes quicker, and each sheet is two times more absorbent, so you can use less. He's an eight. He's a nine. Bounty, the
0: quicker picker-upper.
1: Mobile banking from Truist actually works for you. It gives you simple, smart, personalized insights to keep you one step ahead because we think that's the kind of control you deserve over your money. When you start with care, you get a different kind of bank. Truist. Download the mobile app now. It's like a loot machine.
0: Welcome back to the BCSN Sports Wrap. Brian Fulford, AD Drew, or I should say over there, that's AD Drew. Hey, I uh, appreciate everybody joining us on uh, YouTube chat. Just bumping around, seeing who's already in there. Tamra T, first one in the uh, chat room, followed up, Mary305. Jeff Roberts, uh, Israel Carey, uh, JSU in the building. Yeah, we'll get to talking about them in just a second. David Garner, Southbound three thousand. Uh, oh, my good friend EA, uh, coming in, <laughs> ready to, ready to, ready to clean up. Yeah, uh, we're we'll talk How about. How you like yeah, the yeah, lemon know, pepper, Brian? you know what? I'm not a lemon pepper guy. I'm not. It depends on where it comes. From. I'm, I'm, I'm just not diehard. I'm more of a Louisiana Cajun dry rub kind of guy, you know. Uh, so yeah, I got to talk to, got to talk to EA and see. What restaurant I can get my wings from. Uh, we'll Buffalo's, talk about that. Buffaloes. Buffaloes, eh, you know, if look, hey, I'm you know what? I think wing, I'm gonna do wing a Wing stop. Buffaloes or wing stop. I'm gonna tell you, I'm gonna give you a place. Now I know every place doesn't have a smoky bones. But yeah, right, smoky if, bones is decent. If you if you have a smoky bones in your neighborhood, in your area, I'm telling you, Drew, the Memphis dry rub. Whoa, I'm telling you. And and the, look, 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 don't get me started, Drew. We're, I'm going to have to save that for another segment. Another segment, you know, <laughs> Dr. B's, Dr. B's top five wing stop, wing, wing stops. takeout places. Wing stops. See? See how I did that? Wing stops. See how I did that, right? Okay. I'm going to be like this. Yeah, mm-hmm. 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 good. Hey, uh, all right. So again, um, the the non D one, the Division two level was on point this past weekend. As uh, the other big game was a CIAA matchup, and the number one ranked team, I think consensus. I think it's safe to say, Drew, when you say consensus, pretty much in every. Anybody who has a split, non-D1, D2, whatever, um, versus D1, you've got uh, Virginia Union, the Panthers, unbeaten, uh, traveling to Bowie State, taking on the defending champs, who have one loss in conference play. They lost to Shaw by three points, so they're hosting Union, and they have owned this series in Bowie. I mean, they, they have owned the North for pretty much the last five, six years. Um yeah, you know, especially the last three years. The last three seasons. Obviously there was a season in season or two in there where you had Virginia State and some other folks, uh, maybe uh who else is in the north? Shawan? Uh no, you but I don't think Shawan's so. never won it. Yeah, no, they but they they played they they've had a they've they had a, they had some competitive teams. They've had yeah, they played spoiler alert a little bit. So, uh look, this one Virginia Union go up to uh Bowie Maryland and look, it it hurt my heart that we couldn't watch this game live because obviously we were uh in Albany, but uh this one lived up to the hype as uh, Virginia Union would get a uh, twenty-seven to twenty-four win in overtime, as it took um, a uh, I guess a, a great defensive stop by Virginia Union's defense, a goal line stop, and then a forty-two yard field goal. Uh, in in overtime, what, to what was that game, Powell, Virginia Union. What was that? How- that won
1: the game. What'd you say? Won the game.
0: Oh 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah, a 42 um, yard what, field what was that number again? Forty-four-two. Two. That means the ball was field at goal. the let me see. The ball was ball at had to be about a 24,
1: 25. 25 24 or 25
0: yards. Yeah, 25 yard, yard line. line. Yeah, so uh yeah. that that's what it took to get the game won for Virginia Union. Nice to have and one of those. It did and, and all this all this happened uh, on the back of Jada Byers, another big night. Virginia Union's running back also has to be considered a Harlan Hill Trophy uh, candidate. Which the Harlan Hill, <clears throat> the Harlan Hill, is the Heisman D2. for the Division Two level. Heisman. The D two Heisman, uh, thirty rushes, two hundred and seventy seven yards, and a touchdown. Um, Drew, this was the first time that Bowie State has lost at home since the start of the 2016 season.
1: Is that at home or home conference?
0: Before. Home. Home. Well, hold on. At home to start the season, 2016. It's their first home conference loss since 2014. So, again, 2016, first lost period at home 2014 was the last time they lost a home game in conference so I mean we're talking six years eight years dominant record by Bowie State at home Virginia Union who look they went on the road and knocked off the number two team in the country and I told you look when we talked to Dr. Parker we we knew that their toughest games were all, all on the road I mean they play short you know they play uh, th- this game was on the road when they have to play Virginia State at the end of the year. Fayetteville, uh, yeah, that's right. They did. They beat Fayetteville State earlier in the year on the road, and now so this and is it, three road wins. State. That's three road, and I think the Virginia State game is on the road too, if I'm not mistaken.
1: Correct. Correct. The so, on reprieve, they get is Shawan at home.
0: Right. Right. Uh, talk a little bit about Drew the statistics because we were we were talking as we were doing the prep on this about Summers and where Jada Byers and what he's doing, which is just extraordinary, or is it extraordinary? I guess there's better, a better way of saying that.
1: Well, I looked this up today earlier when we were uh, on the Dr. Cavill's uh, morning show inside the HB Sports Lab, extra credit edition for Sunday mornings. Make sure you tune into that here on the Black College Sports Network. But anyway, uh, Joshua Sams brought up the fact that Jada Byers is the top – running back in all of football. All what oh, what do you mean college all, football. All. Really? So oh. you know me. I'm i I'm a numbers guy. I'm a stat nerd. So we, we decided to quantify it. Jada okay. Byer, well, there are only three one, two, three running backs through week seven who have gained 1,000 yards in college football. All three of those are on the Division II level. Now, when I say in college football, I am talking all four levels of NCAA and NAIA. That's FCS, FBS, Division II, Division III, and NAIA. Only three running backs on all five levels. That's almost nine 100 schools. Stop for a second. Think about stop. that. 800. 800. 800 cuz uh not you get into the 900s when you add the JUCOs in there.
0: But about 800 schools. Stop stop for a second. Just think about that. Where we are in the game of football that at this point, and the the I mean look, to get to 1000 through 7 games, we're talking probably averaging 120 a game, maybe 100, anywhere between 120 and 150 a game to get to a thousand shouldn't be, but just think, three out of 800 something. So go ahead, Drew, go ahead. I just want to stop right there and, and let that sink in for a second. Go ahead. Yeah, so out of
1: all of college football, there are only three backs with a thousand yards. Jada Byers is one of those three. So, in that class of three, Brian, Jada Byers with his 1,300 and what is it? 1,384, I believe is the number. 1,373. 1,373 is 190 yards clear of number two. Let's put that into perspective. He could sit a game out right now. And still probably be leading the nation in Russia. That's how far ahead of the competition Jada Byers is. So Mm -hmm. to say he is the best running back in all of football right now, that was a very accurate statement by our colleague Joshua Yeah, And he Uh, ran for
0: 277
1: uh, this past Saturday. And he also
0: also leads the nation, uh, especially at the D2 level. Now, I didn't go check. Every other level, uh like you like you and Joshua did, but he has fourteen rushing touchdowns on the year. Eight hundred and ninety NCAA
1: them. teams, Brian. I'm sorry. Eight hundred and ninety NCAA teams. No. Yeah. Uh check that. There are eight hundred and ninety football teams currently. NCAA, NAIA, and junior college. Okay. Eight hundred and
0: ninety. Uh, yeah, so Byers has 14 rushing touchdowns leading the nation in that category, 175 rushing attempts, which is pretty high. I mean, obviously, he just toted the rock 30 times in his past game, but 175 rushing attempts in seven games, that leads the nation. Of course, Virginia Union is the number one scoring offense in D2, averaging 48.6 a game. And I'll tell you what, I know I know the folks at Virginia Union. I know they watch our show hey, you guys need to start putting the promotional materials together and send them to everywhere. You have the best running back in the nation, and that's Jada Byers. Uh, and, and, and look, I know the season's not over, Drew, but my man is killing it. I mean, the numbers and the opportunities. I mean, and that, and that speaks to his offensive line right? Uh, it might be you can easily say best offensive line in the nation uh, backed up by a guy who is what uh, what, what? year is Jay? You know what? I don't even know what year Byers is. You know what his classification is? No, I do not.
1: But you also want to give a shout out to his defense also, Brian. Because the defense has to keep other teams away where they're not forced to get into the passing game What they can Still use Jada Byers as a prominent portion of the offense. Jada Byers, Jada Byers. is a sophomore, but M-M-T. we all know right now. We all know right now with everything is he a is he a true sophomore, a sophomore on the field and a junior in the class, a COVID sophomore, redshirt sophomore. We still got a couple more years where we got to deal with
0: all that stuff. Yeah, I mean, just by looking at Union's website, his freshman year was last year. So, I mean, talk about a find out of St. Joseph's High School, uh, best running back in the nation. And, you know, I'm going to tell you now, you folks in in Virginia Union, uh, whoever's got the NIL set up, man, y'all, you guys get on the ball. Jada Byers is that dude, and the postseason awards will be coming. and, And,. and I and look, this is a fun team to watch, and he just does so many things. Uh, let's what what does this do to the, the the mix there? Obviously, this is a big win for Union, ranked number eleven in the nation. What is it? Where, what's their standing looking like in the in the rankings, the regional rankings? And well, and, and before we talk about the regional rankings, let's bring it back to the CIAA North for a second.
1: And the CIAA North, I mean, they are essentially two games clear of everybody in the CIAA North. Cause they are they are 5-0. Oh. Shawan is 4-1, which they have the head-to-head matchup with Shawan in two weeks. If Bowie should beat Shawan, that will mean when Shawan and Virginia Union play. On the 29th, the CIAA North could be decided right there and there. Brian, I'm gonna take this one step further. All of, in all of these races, the C- first of all, the CIAA South is pretty much settled. Fayetteville four and one in the C- in, in the CIAA, they are two games up with three games to go. They own the tiebreaker against against Shaw. So Shaw is already eliminated.
0: Yeah, Shaw, uh, man. What,
1: how, how bad they be, is that? Have they played Johnson C. and Winston Salem yet? Be it real.
0: Uh, you're gonna make me go look. No, I, I don't know. To be honest with you, I know. Uh, um, let's see. Winston Salem. No. This one. Yeah, I, I didn't think you were gonna go. I, I didn't think you were gonna go deep diving into I, the I, Seattle I wasn't. I wasn't. I, <laughs> I, I was trying until to I keep read, us in the, the north. Yeah. I was trying to keep us in the north. Look, here's what we know about the north, right? Okay, let me see if I can summarize the north while you look up the stuff in the south. Okay, Shawan, forty three to forty over Virginia State. Bit of a shocker, but a big win. I mean, it's there's a there was a three way tie going into the uh, North Division in second place. Now Shawan sits in second place all by themselves. Virginia State now has two losses on their belt. Tough for them. I mean, obviously having already lost the Bowie, uh, and and now to Shawan, and now you know that that kind of moves them. And then of course the the Bowie loss. Drops them into third. Now, Shawan sits in second place. And this upcoming week, you've got Shawan at Bowie State. Bowie State looking to start another streak. If Shawan beats Bowie State, it sets up Shawan with one loss against Union in two weeks. That could be the separator to decide, you know, that union has it. Now what if Bowie state wins now Bowie state wins and there's clearly two games separating Virginia union from Shawan state and Bowie. And it's pretty much going, you know, walking into those final two games for uh, Virginia union to get
1: one. They have two two to get get one. one.
0: They need two. They just got to win one of the final two and they're in the CIAA. and they, they are at Lincoln PA this upcoming Saturday. Did you figure out the South yet?
1: Yeah. uh, Fayetteville has Johnson C., Shaw, and Winston-Salem to finish out the season. But here's what's interesting about this. Shaw and Winston-Salem play this Saturday Saturday, at the same time that Fayetteville plays Johnson C. So if uh, Fayetteville beats Johnson C., they're one step closer. Winston-Salem, Shaw... That's an elimination game. One of those two teams will eliminate each other.
0: Oh, they're if, not eliminated already. The, the fact that they're not already you know, eliminated math, is amazing.
1: Mathematically. They will mathematically <laughs> eliminate each other. Okay. No, no. Check that. Check that. I'm sorry. Shaw, Winston-Salem is out of it.
0: Yeah, I mean, they're 1-3. Uh, and three. They just got their first win over Shaw Yeah, this past Saturday. It's johnson C and
1: Shaw. It's johnson C and Shaw. And they are up two games in the loss column. So – yeah, uh, A defeat by Johnson C. And if Winston-Salem should beat Shaw, the CIAA South is over.
0: Yeah.
1: On, on October 22nd, the CIAA South could be over.
0: And if you're Johnson C. Smith, you got to be kicking yourself. Um, the losing to St. Aug, who just got their first win. So, I mean, I guess we'll take a second and say congrats to uh, Winston-Salem and St. Aug for getting their first wins. Uh, St. Aug with a 28-25 win over Johnson C. Smith. Uh I, I feel like was it Johnson C. who did the video about getting a win? Was that who did that video? I didn't see it. Oh. Uh I'm trying to remember. Somebody, somebody's coach got fit talking about getting their first win, and then it just things haven't gone right. I don't know if that was Johnson C. or not, but but anyway, uh a John I mean, Johnson C. Smith had an opportunity to move into pretty much controlling or having an opportunity to do something really special uh, with a win over a St. Aug team that probably they should (laughs) have won. So, uh, you know, that's a tough loss. Johnson C. Smith had a two-game winning streak, uh, apparently, and uh, um, so that's out the window for them. Uh, anything hey, else in the uh, CIAA you want to hit on before? We no, but I, I
1: do want, i do have a SIC game I want to get on next before we go to break,
0: Brian. Uh yeah, go go ahead because I know we were going to talk about Langston here for a second. Who was the who was the other previously unbeaten team? Uh, so so what's what? Let's jump back. What, what did you want to get to about in the SIC?
1: Okay, I'm going to read a stat line to you, Brian. And I need you to tell me whether this team won or lost their game. Okay. 31 total first downs compared to 30. Okay. Uh, This team had 211 rushing yards, 501 passing yards for a total of 712 total yards of offense, put up 34 points. Do, team A, did you win 40. or lose? Did you win or lose that game? Without yeah, even looking at team, team B,
0: Team A put up 700 yards, 500 passing. How many first downs again?
1: 31 first downs. Red oh, zone efficiency man. of, excuse me, third down conversions of seven of fourteen.
0: That's uh, good. 50%. Yeah, 50. percent You're supposed to win that. You're supposed to win that. You're supposed to win points. that game. Yeah, 34 you're, you're 34 points. I mean, unless your defense is hot garbage and you turn the ball over five times uh, on on your own on their two two, turnovers. two yard line, two turnovers, uh, uh, two turnovers, two yeah, one. Were those turnovers, pick sixes, and scooping scores? No, no, no pick sixes, no scooping scores. Okay. Just yeah, just yeah. A team a was supposed to win. Team A should win. Team A should win that every sorry, day three time. Tu-
1: three. You had three turnovers. You were minus one on turnovers. Okay. You had three. The other team had two. No, the other team had two. Okay. You had three, so you're minus yeah, one. Yeah, but
0: you still had seven hundred yards of offense. I mean, what did, did if unless you gave up eight hundred yards? I mean, Jesus! I mean, you're supposed to win that game.
1: Okay, TB, thirty first down, four hundred and thirty four yards of rushing, hundred and six yards passing, total of five hundred and forty yards of offense. Team That's less e, than seven hundred. Team B was 4-11 of 11 on third
0: downs. Not good. Yes. That's less than 50%. Dang. But Team B was 5-6 of in red zone.
1: Ooh. Held Ooh. the ball for 33 minutes and 13 seconds compared to Team A's 26 minutes and 42 seconds.
0: Uh-oh. Are you telling me – are you going to tell me that Team A – a who had 700 yards, 700 yards of offense lost by 14. Oh wow! You lose by 14 with those kind of stats
1: and 700 oh yards of offense. Goodness. And the I, game that I, we are I, talking about, everybody, is Tuskegee versus Central State. Oh
0: my gosh! Where is Jamie Tuskegee, Walker at?
1: 49 34. Jamie Walker, I, please text me and tell me how the heck did this happen? I, I started watching part of it uh, on my way home yesterday from uh, Albany State, and got distracted when I got to the house and did not finish watching the game on ESPN uh, Plus. I'm sorry, Jamie. I caught part of it, but I didn't catch the entire thing and have not had an opportunity to go back and watch the whole game. But Jamie Walker, I need you. I need you to turn in your book report on that game, Jamie Walker.
0: No, I look. I I, I would have never guessed in a million years we had a, a top five matchup and Jamie Walker would get a game like that and probably have a better, I mean, I mean, if you love offense, that, that, that was a better game. I mean, let's be, let's be honest. I mean, you're probably scratching your head talking about you had 70 something. Let me do the math. That's almost 80 points. Yeah. That's yeah. Uh, yeah my goodness. Well, congrats to uh, Tuskegee on that one, man. So,
1: I, some of the individual stat lines, Brian. For Tuskegee, Toreen Taylor rushed for 234 yards in that game. Excuse second, me, 232 number, yards. 200. Yeah, but Brian, when your teammate Dante Edwards runs for a buck 42. Uh,
0: well, you did say they ran for one. What well, they ran for 400 something yards as a team, right?
1: 434. 434.
0: Goodness gracious.
1: Now look at these receiving yards for Central State. Hold on, let me hold on for a second. Oh, go ahead, go ahead, finish up. Michael Lowe, eight receptions, 185 yards. Brandon Brock, 11 receptions, 162 yards. Tuan Hines, five catches, 112 yards. P- between them, they had four touchdowns.
0: Hey, uh, Drew, help me ex- help me figure this out. This is the offensive production the last four games by Tuskegee. 49 31 Forty-five and thirty-five. Now, I mean, def- defensively. I mean, that's no, that's total points. Yeah, last last four weeks. Uh, now I mean, now give defensively. Give me those numbers again.
1: Give those numbers again. 49, 31,
0: 45 and thirty-five. And now defensively, I I can't say that they 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 turned the faucet off completely, because they did give up some points on the other side. But the fact that you're putting up that kind of offensive production, uh, I look, Tuskegee, very dangerous team in the West. Very dangerous team in the West.
1: And the West will be decided over the next two weeks because yeah. Kentucky State and Tuskegee control their own destiny in the West. Kentucky State has Lane this weekend. And me, Tuskegee has Lane this weekend. Kentucky State has Miles this weekend. Should those two win their games this weekend, the head-to-head matchup on the 29th, we'll determine who wins the SIAC West.
0: Uh, look, well, hey, you know, as much as I like the fact that Tuskegee has now won five games in a row after starting 0-2, uh, sounds like another team uh, that you went to school. Uh, would would it that be, be Florida a and uh, It would be. Uh, starting out 0-2 and winning five in a row, the uh, the, these next two weeks will be real interesting for Tuskegee as they travel to Lane, Tracky State, and essentially that's going to be how they win the West. Yeah, but you know, now they've beaten up on now again these last four weeks Allen, Clark, Morehouse, Central State. They, they, beat, up teams, look they look beat up
1: on teams they were supposed
0: to beat up. Yes, they have. That's so what I was going to say. They I'm just saying, I'm just being real. Up. No, no, you're right. I, there's no shade in that. It's just look, they beaten up on the teams that they should have. Now let's just see. Now they got to the beat of the schedule. Over. Yeah, want to make a quick mention before we go to the break. The other undefeated team previously going into the weekend was Langston. The Langston Lions were traveling in a top twenty matchup with a conference rival, Texas Wesleyan, uh, and unfortunately for Langston. Texas Wesleyan jumped on them from the opening kickoff, literally. An 84-yard opening kickoff return got the scoring going. Then on the next drive, Langston had a punt blocked, which yielded a field goal. Uh, Texas Wesleyan scored two more times. Next thing that you know, it was 26-0 at the end of the first quarter. Uh, Texas Wesleyan ended up winning 53-28. And uh, so, it it does put a loss on the conference record. Texas Wesleyan also has one loss in conference. Now, what's interesting for Langston, though, Langston this upcoming week, uh, let's see, Langston was ranked number 20 in NAIA. Texas Wesleyan was ranked 19th. They take on Ottawa University of Arizona this week. They are ranked number 14th. So this is Langston's opportunity to sort of rebound to go from, yes, a bad loss, but you got a chance to get a win against a higher-ranked opponent. So great opportunity here for for Langston if they can uh, take out Ottawa University, Arizona, this upcoming week and and, and reestablish their chances of winning the Sooner Athletic Conference and getting to the NAIA. Okay, Drew, let's take a break, come back. We're going to talk to Kelvin Carter, get into talking about the past 24, 48 hours in the SWAC and in the Miac. big contest out on the bluff in Southern University between his Alcorn State Braves and the Southern University Jaguars. We'll talk to Kelvin, have him on here on the other side. And we got midseason reports to give out, too. So we still got a lot to do, Drew, and just a little bit of time to do it. You're watching the BCSN Sports Wrap. We'll be back in just a moment. That's a pretty tight spot. Watch this. Of course your view Parks itself. That's so you. It's just up here on the right. Of course you know where we're going. That's so you. Kind of got a success. And a head of display. they're
1: here it's a field warm up you brought all these players in your buick yep so
0: you it is there's a buick that fits your life because at the heart of every buick suv is you
1: you see head and shoulders has a scalp shield technology protects against flakes even between washes it's never not working kind of like us number 15 never not working i don't like this one me neither let's get out of here head and shoulder scalp shield never not working
0: we're all about feeding your family With meat and plant-based protein that's
1: good for the planet, good for you, and just plain good. That's all the
0: protein you need, all on your plate. Follow the Black College Sports Network on social media at MyBCSN1, the number one. On Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at MyBCSN1.